Hello and welcome to another episode of the Rampart Mumblings. We're at 49, the one where I recorded this one, especially after seeing this. Yes, this episode is being recorded after seeing The Force Awakens on opening day, which has meant... I've pretty much not been on the internet because I didn't want it spoiled for me in any way, shape or fashion. So that's why this episode is late. And if you haven't seen it, make sure you do because it is something... I'm going to say it's a very good film. It's not an amazingly, amazingly excellent film, but you're certainly not going to walk away disappointed. And that's as much as I'm going to say about the film. Anyway, coming up on this episode of The Rampant Mumblings... We have a healthy dose of follow-up, an update on Cinder, the world's first curved screen glass protector for the iPhone claiming to be made from Gorilla Glass, one changing my my review score for Dragon Anywhere, which I reviewed last week, and in this week's show, there is a first, a competition where you, the listener, get the opportunity to win absolutely nothing. And I think I've fixed the website. That and more coming up on the show. The Rampant Mumblings. Terms and conditions don't apply. Way back on the 18th of September for the MyMac.com website, I reviewed an iPhone screen protector made of glass that was curved, and I gave it a rather decent 9 out of 10 because in my testing, which consisted of putting my phone in and out of my pocket, which doesn't sound like much, but right on the corner of my favourite jeans, which quite frankly, are getting a bit aged and do need to be thrown out. There's a, a rivet type thing, it's like a little buckle or something like that, And it's designed right at the place where you have the inside pocket of the pocket. Anyways, my screen normally catches on that and it's protected against that. It also did really well in my will it survive in my pockets with any loose change or any keys test. So some real world testing and it got a 9 out of 10. However, a reader of the MyMac.com website, Peter, kindly sent me this email pointing out a few things. Hi Mark, you may wish to revise your Cinder, the world's first curved glass screen protector review for the iPhone. It has now been found that that the Cinder screen protector does not use Corning Gorilla Glass. Also, the Amazon.com reviews on this product have been mostly negative. In fact, the product is no longer for sale on Amazon. Respectfully, Peter from Canada. Peter, thank you very much. We have been talking on email, so hopefully uh, you'll hear this mentioned out to you. And you know what? He was bang on the money. So much so, I went over to Cinder and checked out their website and any references made to Gorilla Glass have mysteriously disappeared. Strange that. Peter then kindly followed up with me after a bit of dialogue with this email. In case you are unaware, another screen protection manufacturer, Phantom Glasses, claimed that it uses Corning Gorilla Glass. This has also been confirmed to be untrue. I checked with Corning and this Gorilla Glass team, confirming that Corning does not supply Gorilla Glass to any screen manufacturers. I don't know why screen protective manufacturers feel that they must resort to making inaccurate claims. I don't believe that Gorilla Glass is the only excellent and capable glass in existence. I have read and heard that at least some screen protectors made with ordinary tempered glass are quite durable and quite capable of protecting the screen. I have read fairly positive reviews on Amazon etc about Phantom Glass screen protector and was planning to buy it. It is sad that even with the positive reviews I'm not so sure about to do it anymore. The misleading claim has most certainly reduced significantly, if not completely, my trust and respect from the company. 
And after more dialogue, Peter kindly emailed me back this. I'm just going to read out the main paragraph that I thought the most, the most interesting. And Peter, if you are listening to the show, thank you very much. I had contacted fans from Glass about the Gorilla Glass claim. Its president was most prompt and friendly in his reply. He did not get upset with my challenge to the claim and instead emphasised to me Phantom Glass's pride and confidence in the quality of its screen protectors and asked I accept a free sample to test its quality. I've accepted one for my iPhone 6S Plus and respect to receive it in a week or so. Whilst I cannot speak to the product's quality prior to trying it, I must say that I am most impressed with Phantom Glass's positive reaction and willingness to prove its product. So I sincerely hope it is genuine and as good as it claims. In such case, I'd certainly recommend it to anyone who cares to listen or trust me. Peter, again, thank you very much for getting in touch with us. It's always good to hear companies that are actually placing some value on customer support, which is something I'm going to be coming to shortly in this episode. So there you have it. As for the score on the cinder, I'm going to have to dink it down to about a 7 instead of 9. And I will be updating the review that you can find over on mymac.com and in the show notes. Because it does do a job and it does it very well. Like I said, it survived my pocket, my keys and, and a drop. I will say though... I've dropped it on the floor face down accidentally, of course, about four or five times. And unfortunately, the screen has cracked on the protector. But at least... It hasn't been my iPhone screen. So thanks and for small mercies. You can still pick up the, the Cinder screen protector for about $35, but you will have to buy direct instead of through Amazon. Moving on then to last week's review that I did on the podcast and a fresh review for MyMac.com of the Dragon Anywhere app for iOS. I was, as I said in my last show, and I still am completely blown away by just how good the voice, recon- accuracy, the voice recognition accuracy is. Blimey, try saying that a few times fast. One thing I'm not entirely sure that I made clear was the fact you can do continuous dictation. You're not limited by a 30 second limitation like you were in a previous version of Dragon or with Siri. So that side of things, I placed very, very heavily on the technical aspect of it. It's just a shame that dealing with documents absolutely sucks. I mean, it's appalling. You are pretty much better off emailing documents backwards and forwards to yourself because as I found out in my testing, but quite basically, if you have a file name that exists in Google Drive and you upload a file with the same name, you get lots of copies of the same file, but you can't see what version is the newest unless you sort by date or time. And let's just hope you haven't downloaded an old copy and then accidentally uploaded it, so you end up tripping over yourself. Or you have to go and download the desktop version of Google Drive and you will see open bracket and a number, then a closed bracket to let you know what version of the file you've uploaded. Things don't get any better when you download a file because if you download a file that you already have a copy held locally, in most instances you could say, do you wish to replace or rename the file? So you could replace the file held locally. So if you're working on Google, you pull the file down, you know it's the most recent version, you can replace it. You can rename the file. That's your only option. But you've got to make sure that you don't use too many characters because if you do you won't be able to see what you've put at the end of the file name. So it's a handy tip here. If you have got a document and you do get the warning to say that this file already exists, 
and put your a prefix something to the beginning of the file name to avoid that. But again, it's a workaround. And whereas we are living in a bit of an age now where workarounds are almost commonplace, especially if you work on an iPad, and I still haven't finished my whole article on what it's like to try and work with an iPad. And given I've got a job interview next week where they say, bring a laptop, uh, and I'm going to bring my iPad, uh, I'll be reporting back on uh, back on that one. But anyway, coming back to this, it's very, very clunky. And it's, it's a shame because the technical execution, the voice recognition is amazing. Just the actual using it thing, not so much. But there is one other thing that really made me want to drop the score, and that's the pricing model. Now, Dragon Anywhere has gone for a subscription model, and I have no problems with subscriptions. I subscribe to Now TV for UK movies. I subscribe to Apple Music for $9.99. I subscribe to Netflix, which I think is about $6.99 a month here in the UK. So no problem with that at all. For $7.99 a month, I can get a Office 365 subscription, which will get me everything of Office, Word, Excel, PowerPoint, and I believe Publisher. And that's quite a big deal in this world. For about $20 or about £17 here in the UK, I can get Photoshop. And anyone who even has heard of Photoshop knows that is an impressive beast of an application. So, how much do you think they're going to charge for Dragon Anywhere on a monthly subscription basis? Given, or there's also one other thing I need to put this into context. If you download a document from your storage provider and it's formatted and you have fonts and you've lovingly crafted a document to look amazing, forget about it. It converts it all into plain text. So what you've got here is pretty much a plain text editor with a really decent set of voice recognition tools. So to put that into context, how much would you pay per month for this privilege of being able to dictate? And just to add one more thing to this, don't forget you can buy the desktop version of this app. There's always a sale going on for about $99. So I'll give you a moment to write down your answers because prepare yourself it's starting at $15 per month. You can get a discount if you go for three months, which will cost you $40. And if you wanted to go for a 12-month subscription, which is payable all in one go, you're looking at $150 per year. That, to me, seems like just being a little bit greedy, especially given how clunky the syncing of documents is. So, with all that in mind, what I've, had, what I've decided to do, and thank you to John Nemo, to Serenak, to Mike as well, all part of the MyMac people who've helped me with this review, and I've had time to think about it now. I'm dropping my score down from a generous 8 to, I think, a fairly generous 6. It's not bad, it's just disappointing in its execution along the way. The rampant mumblings, almost at 50 shows. That's a scary thought. At the top of the show, I said we're going to do a competition for the chance to win absolutely nothing. And to win absolutely nothing, well, maybe, other than a mention on the show, if you send a message out to at Ocean Speed on Twitter or get in contact with me via the essentialmac.co.uk website, guess the following. How long did it take for Apple to answer a very simple question about my Apple Care? The question I posed to Apple Care was, I purchased Apple Care about a year and a half ago. 
can you tell me what device it's on? But I don't have the Apple Care ID. I have my invoice number and I have my Apple, uh, IMI numbers from all of my devices. So a pretty simple question. What device have I potentially registered Apple Care against? To answer this question, how long did it take Apple on the phone? A. 10 to 20 minutes. B. 20 to 40 minutes. Or C. 40 to 60 minutes. And once you think about this, I'll give you a few seconds of silence to write down your answer. If you answered B, you're wrong. If you answered A, congratulations, you're also wrong. C, I was on the phone for 54 minutes and about 35 of those, probably a bit more, were just spent on hold. Now, in fairness to the guy who was on the phone with me, he did seem to, well, he admitted to me that he was working from home and that doesn't bother me at all. He was just waiting to get through to Apple themselves. Despite asking the same question over and over and say, and then they repeat it back to you, which they always do. In fact, they were, if, you, if you've ever had a phone call with them, wait, wait and see how many times they go, have I understood this problem correctly? And then they go, great, now I understand your problem. Let me see what I can do to help. The only way this got sorted and a prompt answer was when he transferred me to the team that he'd been waiting to get a hold of and they said to me, what would you like the outcome of this call to be? And I said, if I have Apple Care, tell me what device I've registered it to. If it's expired, tell me. Or thirdly, if you can't do any of that, just give me a refund. When I got through to the right department, it was all over and done with within three minutes and I've got to say I came away from that exhausted so Tim I know you don't listen to the show but if on the off chance anyone from Apple does and I know you hate people moaning and that's all I've done in this show certainly you might want to revise how you look at your C stats because that just seems to take an awful long time for a potentially simple question Anyway, enough of me rambling on. Let's go over to Mr. Nemo for Nemo's Hardware Store. And this week, well, John, I'm a little bit jealous here because John is reviewing not one, but two products from Zag. He's looking at the Zag Folio backlit keyboard for the iPad mini, along with the Zag Power Amp 3. Both of these, by the way, I really wanted to review. But this is what happens when you get stuck in an island in the middle of nowhere called the United Kingdom. So anyway, John, over to you. There are two essential additional purchases when you get an iPad. You need to get a really good protective case, and you need to get AppleCare. Let's just talk about the case. I generally like a keyboard case. Being a writer and an editor, I like having a keyboard with me at all times. But sometimes it's better just to have a really sturdy case and have a separate keyboard, while other times it's great to have the keyboard included. There's a good reason why Zag, Z-A-G-G, is the market leader, and we will have the links on the Zag website for both the products from that company that we're reviewing in this episode of Nemo's Hardware Store. For your brand new iPad Mini 4, the cute little powerful new mini pad, there is the latest edition of the Zag Folio, tablet, keyboard, and case. You've all seen cases like this. comes in any color you want as long as it's black. It protects the entire iPad around the rear section 
and then you can see the front screen. You can put a cover on that if you want, but you don't actually need one because when the folio is closed, which you have, is a fully enclosed shell and the keyboard is pressed comfortably against the glass part of the screen. Now I've got one here in my hand. It's obviously a small keyboard. It has illuminated keys, backlit keys, and it's got every single key you need. It's got a control key, a command key, and even a caps lock key. You can turn Siri on and off, and you can even get the keyboard display to pop up by temporarily deactivating the zag keys so that those hideous glass screen keys come on during times that you need to do that for any reason. This is a wonderful product. Personally, I would like to see it come in a bunch of different colors, but notwithstanding that, I find the white keys easy to see. I'm in a dark space at the moment, and the white keys pop right out. You've got your music, play and pause, louder, quieter. It's got just about any key you'd want on a standard Apple keyboard, and Zag has done an excellent job in making a robust, lightweight product. And as a bonus, it even pairs through Bluetooth with my iPhone. I just tested it. It's hard to get a keyboard that works perfectly well with an iPhone. So for those of you who have an iPad Mini 4, you can use this wonderful new folio case with your iPhone for doing wireless Bluetooth key entry on your phone or your iPad Mini or any nearby Bluetooth device that requires typing. So it's expensive at $100, but just like the Apple Care, I consider this an essential purchase that you get this or something very much like it. Make sure you have a good external keyboard if you're a writer or a good internal keyboard if you are prepared to get a single device that does a multiplicity of protection as well as keying. Well done, Zag. Well worth $100. And again, check out the links on our show notes. Second product from Zag, also a must-have, is an external battery. And there's the Power Amp 3 portable charger. You can charge up your iPhone all the way from dead to fully charged. It has 3,000 mAh of power. And in addition, press another button and boom, flashlight comes on. So again, I'm in a dark space, illuminating all my notes here as I communicate with you. Quick chip technology features a unique microchip that detects what kind of device you have and adapts to provide the fastest charge possible. And it is a pass-through charger, so that means you can charge up the charger while you're charging your device that's attached to it. This will not charge your iPad or anything larger than an iPhone, but it does charge up reasonably quickly when the charger itself, the Power Amp 3, is dead. It's nice having a flashlight and a charger in your pocket or your purse or your gadget bag. The price on this is $30 in the U.S., and believe me, whether you have this one or some companion one, because it comes in black, blue, brown, pink, and gray, make sure you have external power when you're out and about for your iPhone. I did use it to top up the charge on my iPad, so it will work for a little top-up charge, but it won't do a full blast charge like it does on the iPhone with the 3000 mAh. Thanks for listening. That's it for this week. As always, John, thank you very much for your Nemo's Hardware Store. You can find out more information via the zag.com website or by visiting the show notes over on essentialmac.co.uk where you'll find a link to Zag and our Amazon affiliate link. 
by using our Amazon affiliate link, you really are helping to support the show. And it doesn't have to be something we've mentioned in the podcast or on the website. Anything you buy after clicking our link nets us a very, very small amount of commission. And it doesn't cost you a thing not a bean. The only thing it takes is for you to click on a link to go to Amazon. There's no extra charge added on top when you check out. There's no tick box to tick run tick. The price isn't bumped up, anything like that. It really is that easy. Just click our link in shop. And especially with that time of the year being less than seven days away at the time of recording, if you are going to do some shopping, then please do consider using our link. And I want to say a big, genuine, heartfelt thank you for those of you who have already done so. And we know you have because we can see on the stats of our back end. And I'm, honestly, I was a little bit taken aback by just how many people have done this. So once again, thank you very, very much for using our link. Contact the show via Twitter at OceanSpeed or use the contact us form over at EssentialMac.co.uk. In the news this week, well, Apple have been up to something. They've released a Star Wars radio station. If you go into iTunes and click on radio, you will see a very own Star Wars channel just in time for The Force Awakens. And it basically contains most of the major film scores, unfortunately, including those from The Phantom Menace. We can't forgive you, George. Honestly, we can't forgive you. In fact, I did want to tweet out to George Lucas just to say, Dear George... This is how you make a Star Wars film. Lots of love, Mark. But I, I didn't. Although I did go into the cinema and when, when I went to go and buy it, when I went to go and um, hand my ticket over to the usher, I went, these are the tickets you're looking for. I don't quite think he got the joke. Anyways, go into iTunes and have a look on the radio station there and you will see the Star Wars button where you can listen to an absolute boatload of Star Wars music and a load of droid sound effects as well. It may have skimmed your attention, but there's a certain time of the year coming just around the corner. And it's good news if you're thinking about buying an Apple Watch for someone, so long as you live in the UK. The UK retailer John Lewis is now offering £50 off any Apple Watch they have in stock. And they have quite a few with quite a few different bands as well. And that is an absolutely bonkers saving. And it comes with a two-year guarantee. Now, here in Europe, we do get that anyway. But the guarantee here is directly with the retailer. So take advantage of this. You've got to live in the UK or at least have a credit card in the UK. And you'll save £50 up until the 31st of December. Head over to the website essentialmac.co.uk, click on the rampant mumblings on the top there and you'll find all the links and information to take you through to have a look for yourself. Well, I think that just about covers it for this episode. So we're going to leave it at that for today. Now, in the next episode on episode 50, I'm going to have a guest with me and hopefully we will have a genuine freebie giveaway competition style type thing. So stay tuned for that. As always, you have been listening to The Rampant Mumblings, available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, TuneIn, and anywhere else I can possibly push this podcast to, including Google Play. And I'm still waiting for them to say when it's going to go live. 
You can get hold of me personally via Twitter at OceanSpeed, or you can follow the Firehose from the website by following at EssentialMag. My thanks to John Nemo this week for doing another Nemo's Hardware Store. My thanks to Peter for taking his time to do a bit of investigative research and let me know the outcome of his results. To anybody and everybody who's helping me with the wealth of reviews I'm trying to get done before the New Year's. And especially thank you, dear listener, for listening to the show. If you've enjoyed the show, even if you haven't, then why not leave some feedback on iTunes? I realise it's not the easiest thing to do. It is a bit cumbersome. It is a bit of a pain in the ass. But if you can see yourself just leaving a bit of feedback, pressing the button, then I guarantee you will read out your feedback on the show. Oh, which reminds me, uh, I owe someone an apology. Someone by the name of Owen GL2013 from Japan who left this on September the 18th, 2015. What an exciting podcast. A blow-by-blow account of a half marathon with hints and tips how to survive up north. Great podcasting. You can feel the pain. That was my last bit of feedback, folks. So what one of you out there is going to take the gauntlet to delve into iTunes and leave some feedback? And we'll read it out on the next show. So until the next show, stay safe, be happy. Don't let Christmas get you down. Get your shopping done. Uh, I'm about to start mine now. And this is early for me. So wish me luck on that one. Until the next episode. Cheerio, everyone. Ta-da.